listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. All right, welcome back to the Atomic Geeks podcast. My name is Michael DiGiovanni. I'm in Toronto, and tonight I'm drinking a giant bottle of Innocent Gun. Who else is with me? Hey, 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 Atomic Geeks fans. Uh, Mike Downs, I'm in a cabin in northern uh, Ontario because that's what some people think Canada's like. Uh, I'm looking for two other nerds to join my trio, and I'm drinking Brava still because I am a broke-ass motherfucker. Always with the Brava. Well, tonight is a very special episode, just like uh, all those episodes of Blossom, of the Atomic Geeks. Because thanks to the power of Twitter, is there anything that website can't do, we've been connected with a very special guest that we're going to chat with. Uh, We are on the line today. We have actor, singer, playwright, and comedian. He's multi-talented, Mr. Tom Linked. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hello. I have have so many hyphens in that. I'd like to add a couple more, like supermodel, um, philanthropist, um, chronic Facebooker. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see. They didn't mention any of those on your Wikipedia. So yeah, who writes those things? I'm afraid to even look at my Wikipedia page because I don't know. Random crazy people put that up there. So I have. I just best I not understand how it even works. I, I don't know. I thought we were about to get some real personal information there from Tom Lank. You know, I, I was I was like, let him keep going. Let's hear some more dashes. <laughs> he went on a few. He, there was a few there though, Downs, that we could add if you want to re-edit. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, t- you know, today's little show here is we're going to be spending some time talking with Tom. Uh, and you know, the way as we get into this and uh, start out, what most of our listeners probably will remember Tom for is his uh, role as Andrew on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I think that's as good as any spot to start for our conversation. I'm sure you've talked about this. Oh, wait. I I forgot to say what I'm drinking. Oh, yes. I was going to say, is he getting away with an Andrew Bloom not drinking anything or something? Okay. Well, it's it's 3.15 in the afternoon in Los Angeles, but you said I had to be drinking something, and I I didn't have much here. So I am drinking um, a... uh, a sky vodka on the rocks with um, wellness fizzy tab water mixed in. Fantastic! <laughs> what, what is that stuff called? The fly, uh, frequent flyer? Or do you guys have that up there? It's like you know, like a fizzy tab that's you know full of homeopathic remedies, so you don't get sick when you fly. Oh, well, uh, this- yeah, yeah. The um, airborne, airborne. There we go. So. This is a this is an off brand version of Airborne called Wellness Fizzy Tabs, and that I purchased at my local uh, health food store. And there's I didn't want to I had no mixer for my Sky Vodka, so I thought, hey, sort of something that tastes a little not like straight vodka by making the Fizzy Tab. Um, mixing it in with water and pouring that in. So I think it's a new concoction. It gets you, um, you know, it it, make, it 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 slightly kills your liver, but, you know, prevents you from getting a cold. <laughs> I, this is amazing that we just found out that there's a poor man's airborne. Yeah. Is, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it's like, I like this drink. It's like it kicks you in the ass, but picks you up at the same time. I know. It's like, you know, it's like 
when people have a Red Bull and, and vodka, you're like, really? It's like bringing it down and taking up at the same time. But this is better. This is, this is not caffeine. This is like, I'm going to make you healthy, but I'm also going to be really unhealthy at the same time. So technically, it counteracts each other. And it's as if you're not, if you're not doing anything. You're not being healthy. You're not being you know, unhealthy. You know, I think we can officially say that was the longest drink introduction we've ever had on the show, and that is fucking awesome. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Um, all right. I'm known, I'm known for my length. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he set him up for that one. I did, my God, and he knocked it out of the park. That's um, what she said. We got to get it. That's what she said. In oh. There. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So. As uh, like if to recap and go back to where I was at the beginning, um, we I think it's a good place to start in our little conversation uh, is with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, you know, Tom, you've probably talked about this ad nauseum, but hey, why not do it again? How great was the experience of working on that TV show? Oh, geez. I mean, it was like the sweetest gig ever. It was, you know, sort of it really put me on the map, technically speaking. Uh, no, it was, it was so fun. I couldn't have asked for, I wish I would have, um, enjoyed it more. I wish I wasn't always so (laughs) nervous when I'm filming something like that sort of, uh, I could have done without that. But I mean, looking back on it, it was just such a a cool experience. Um, I was actually having having a conversation with somebody a couple days ago who was a friend of mine that, uh, watched a show, but was talking about how, like, oh, I was talking about how, you know, when when people come up to me and they say, remember when you did that thing and you said that line and, and you played with the Star Wars figure? It's so funny because in my mem- like, I forget all the stuff that happened on the show because I don't, I don't like to sit and watch myself. So have um, you never really gone back and, like, watched the episodes? No, I mean, like, I, I've had to... I've had to sit through watching myself when, like, you know, editing my reel with somebody or whatever. But, you know, I watched it a couple times when it when it aired, and I, I haven't really gone back to watch it. Just, I just it's so uncomfortable to even listen to the sound of your own voice sometimes. Um, so I'm glad you guys get to listen to it. It's your problem, not mine. Now, um, <laughs> it's funny when people like they're the the lines I said or the things I did is, you know, what's frozen in other people's memories. And for me, it's like all my memories are based on like, oh, that day, you know, I hung out with so-and-so and, and, um, you know, that's the day I got my own chair and that's where I was hanging out in the trailer there. And, oh, we got In-N-Out Burger that day. So it's so funny to me that the memories frozen in my head are sort of the stuff that we were doing, you know, when we weren't just when we were just hanging and, and waiting for cameras to get set up. And so, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting um, thing. Well, you know, what I was going to say is it's actually it's, it's a great point that you bring up, you know, is especially for, I think, someone like you. This was probably pretty early on in your career, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the first big thing that I, I did. Right. So, I mean, I think for you, as you were kind of saying, there was lots of firsts for you at the time, right? Maybe if you were – if this was a TV show for you later on in your career, maybe you would have enjoyed it more. But, I mean, I think you were – you know, you were experiencing, uh, you know, the whole cool shit of being a young actor and being on a hit show. Well, so, I mean, I God. I mean, I don't give I, – I enjoyed it. I had the time of my life. Like, it was so fun. I mean, to be – I was completely aware that I was on, you know, histo- as far as TV history goes, like a groundbreaking, huge, 
important show. And I know it was, it was at the time was, um, you know, a, a cult hit, especially here in America. I know, I feel like it was even, even bigger deal, um, you know, internationally, but it's so interesting now that with in reruns and it's running on logo here now and, um, and in DVDs and whatnot, it's weird that like the audience keeps getting bigger and bigger. So I, I was fully enjoying it and aware of how, you know, lucky I was while I was doing it, but I was also, you know, cursed with in- incredible, you know, stage fright and, and anxiety, uh, you know, that I was going to mess up at any given time. But, you know, sometimes a little fear goes a long way as far as, motivating i guess uh good performances but i just i loved it i was so i was so scared i was going to do something bad or or ruin it or you know shut down the set because i can't remember my life you know because i i wasn't used to you know you know every day you show up and you've got new lines like i you know as an actor until you're there doing it every day you're not prepared for that kind of, yeah. yeah I know. And I, I came from, you know, theater school. And like, when you do a theater, when you do a play, you're, you rehearse the same thing over and over. So it was such a different and new experience. You know, I'd done guest star stuff before then, but it's like, you're on the show for a week or a couple of days, but then to be there and to have a trailer and, and to get that sort of day to day, like, this is my job. Like this is the office for me. It's so cool, but at the same time, I I don't think I <clears throat> I was prepared for the, uh, you know, repercussions of it, perhaps. Yeah. Also, in like the immediate, um, you know, the immediate like crazy like instant overnight, and people are following me, and you know, and now that doesn't happen so much anymore. So it's like. <laughs> It's interesting to to see sort of the ebbs and flows and to get like a little dose of what it's like to be on like this huge show. It's interesting though cuz like the what you mentioned about Buffy was the the staying power of it because I'm one of those guys, damn me, but I never watched it when it aired live. I've caught I was one of those people that was like, dude, you have to watch Buffy and I went back and saw it you know, just recently. And I was like, Oh, it's, you know, fantastic. So you, you, you made those, uh, the story about, you know, being in the mall and being stopped. Did you ever go on that sort of, and I'm going to use air quotes here, that convention circuit for Buffy? I, I did. Um, I stopped doing it a couple of years ago. I can't remember what my initial, I, well, yeah, I did. I did it. Um, starting sort of like season seven um we started the me and my two cohorts danny strong and adam bush who are good friends of mine um we started going and doing all these conventions and i tell you it was the most amazing experience and the weirdest one at the same time (laughs) you know uh, the first one we did was in belfast in northern ireland and i remember the three of us being at like this outdoor like the the center of town sort of outdoor shopping mall and like girls were like turning around and following us, like, you know, like we were in sync, popped into <laughs> to Belfast or something. It was so crazy. And we would jokingly get up and in the morning, Danny Strong would be like, good morning, Belfast. Like we're standing at the window. I mean, it was so fun. And we got to bring friends with us on our, on these trips. And, and 
I mean, we went everywhere. We went all over the world. We went to like all over Europe and we went to Australia a couple times and New Zealand. And I mean, it was shocking to get to experience that. But I, I have, um, I don't, I'm trying to think if I tell any of these stories on my show. I have like a whole other show that I'm putting together. I think that I want to call Cond because it's all about like sort of the sci-fi, um, geeky nerd fest sort of shit. Yeah. And <laughs> going to these conventions and stuff. Cause at one point I found myself like two hours outside of town being sent over to where the convention was at this giant mall. I can't remember what city that was in, but, um, I was in a van, and in the van with me was the guy that played Jaws in um, the uh, James Bond movie. James Bond movies. Um, the guy that played Willow in the Willow movie. I think the mini me was in that van as well. I think he was in that. Um, the guy that played like Boba Fett. Um, the guy that was Chewbacca. Peter Mayhew. Uh, we just saw him recently, I think, at a convention. He's still on that fucking circuit, I think. And then me, and then sitting next to me was Margot Kidder. And I nice. thought I was going to, my head was spinning because I was just like, who am I right now? What has my life become? Like, I'm sitting next to, like, these legends of of film and, like, why we're in a van and they're sending us over and, and, uh, and Margot Kidder turns to me and she's like, oh, my gosh, I have such an earache today. I just can't believe I was on the airplane and I got a cold and I was up there. And my ears, I haven't had all things since I landed. My ears haven't popped. They've got to get me a doctor. I hope somebody's going to get me. A, Do you think we're going to have a lot of people today? I wonder if they're going to want me to shine a lot of pictures for them. <laughs> I, it like, my head almost exploded. I because now I do Margot Kidder as a as a sketch character sometimes, and I <laughs> play my trumpet and play the Superman flying theme theme song. Um, but it's a moment like those were like people are like, when did you? Why did you start doing Margot Kidder as a character? It's like because I was sitting next to her in a van in outside of London with all these. It was so weird to think like this is my life right now. How did this happen? <laughs> I mean. I remember we made I made friends with um, one of the uh, ki- the kids from Harry Potter on that trip, and he was so cool. I just was like, "This is crazy!" And uh, you know, Deanna Troy from Star Trek: Next Generation was. You know, we were hanging out with these people in the green room. I was like, "Um, can I get a picture with you, please?" <laughs> you know, this stuff writes itself, though, eh? Like, you know, you know, this is perfect material for stand up, a book, something. Like, while you're doing it, you must be going like, "What am well, I you doing?" Know, it's so funny. I also in working on on the show that I'm bringing up to Toronto. It's like when I'm having the experience, I'm generally like shocked, scared confused, blown away. It's not funny at the time, but it's like two days later when I'm telling my friends, I'm like, you will not believe what happened to me. <laughs> it's it's so funny, funny, Tom, because as, as I'm listening to you say this, like, did it, did you almost have to make a conscious choice in your career and say, I'm not going to be this guy. I'm going to go and do something different. Cause it sounds like almost that's what you're saying. Well, you know, sometimes the, the thing about the, the conventions and I don't know if, you know, I don't know if it's taboo to, to talk about this subject, but, you know, in some ways people are, are paying money to, you know, get an autograph from you and they're standing in line and there's 
you know, some at the height of all of this, there was thousands of, you know, there'd be like 2000 people at, at a Buffy event, you know, in Blackpool, <laughs> England. And, um, you know, it, it's hard because to go through 1500 people signing their things in one weekend, you're getting like 20 seconds with each person and you're trying to make that memorable for them and they're nervous and I'm feeling awkward. And it just started to feel like that there's got to be more, like, I can't, I feel bad. that This is all that I'm, I'm giving them. And Jen, I'm usually, you know, pretty much a disappointment. If you like me from TV, I'm not <laughs> what people are usually disappointed. Um, Cause I'm not my character and I'm not like a huge, I don't know a lot about comic books or Dungeons and Dragons or sci-fi stuff. Like you, I'm a little it, bit, it seemed very real though in the show. You pulled it off quite well. I'm not just, I'm not a nerd. I just play one on TV. Um, <laughs> Tom Lank, disappointing I, nerds across the country. <laughs> disappointing nerds across the country. That's amazing. That's going, I'm using that as a tagline. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, uh, I'm a nerd, but in other ways. And I guess in my show that I'm doing in a couple of weeks, you know, I talk about that, you know, being a, a drama nerd and a marching band nerd in high school and like having these, you know, grand visions and dreams of going to Broadway one day. So I had my own set of nerdy stuff that I was into, which was like, you know, the secret garden soundtrack and, and portfolio of sheet music. Like that's, you know, so I clearly, I can relate. Um, but so my areas of expertise are, didn't necessarily line up with the people whose autographs I was signing. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, there are a lot of times would be an, an offensive experience to, to be on the other end of someone being like, God, you look exhausted. You must be so jet lagged. You look terrible. You're like, actually, I'm pretty well rested and feeling good. <laughs> Thanks for judging me. Thanks sure. for judging me. But maybe because you're used to seeing me with a full face of makeup on TV, uh, you know, or, you know, people would always say to Danny, wow, you're so short. You're so short. I thought you were. So and they say it to me, too, because, you know, I'm. Danny is shorter than me, than me, and I'm standing next to him and short girls on the TV show. So they would always be like, but you're so much shorter in person. It's like, thank you. That's really what I wanted to hear right now. So anyway. This, Where does a conversation go from there, too, after someone starts with you're short? You're like, thank yeah. you. Can I um, sign your magazine? And I, yeah. you know, When people would say that to Danny, I'd be like, thank you. He loves hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm complaining, but I'm just saying that sometimes um, I'm better with it now. I just I feel like I used to be so nervous with anyone coming at me saying I'm a fan of you, and I just I feel like I feel like people would talk afterwards about that Tom that Tom Lake is such an asshole, and it's like I'm I really want to give you a meaningful experience, but it's so hard in the 20 seconds that I have with you, and. You know, if if they're nervous, I'm nervous. I'm like, well, where, where are you from? Like, that's our whole conversation. So anyway, that <laughs> I, I sort of made an um, an active decision to like. I think you know, because a lot of a lot of the sci-fi people there, they're still doing them twenty later, twenty years later. And I, I mean, I think now I 
I would enjoy them much more. Um, but I think people have moved on to other shows as far as like what, who's going to conventions. Like people want to see people from Lost and um, Harry Potter, you know, like the stuff that's more relevant, uh, like relevant. Or recent, I should say. And, yeah. right well, now. you know what the thing is that we noticed and it's like we joked about it before is like we, we just attended, uh, you know, an event here in Toronto, one of those comic conventions. And it, some of these guys are doing this stuff for like 20 years. Like you mentioned Chewbacca, like the, the downs, you said Peter Mayhew. It's like, he's not giving it up at all. Like, it's kind of nice that you hear that there comes a certain point where you're like, okay, I've, I've done that for Buffy. Now I'm now I'm doing something new so I can kind of put that behind me. I don't need to kind of keep going and just showing up at these conventions for the rest of my career sort of thing. Well, there was, you know, there was a couple of years after, you know, and I'm a, I'm a character actor. I'm not, you know, I'm not the life of a character actor, unless you're super lucky, like a Jack Black or something, you know, it's going, you work on a show and then you're unemployed for a while and then you're back auditioning and you're, you know, you're playing these supporting characters. And so, you know, it would be hard when it'd be like, when people are like, well, what are you working on? I'm like, going to auditions and people, I don't think people understand, like, you know, just because I was on the show doesn't mean that I don't still have to work hard because, you know, I'm in a different category as these other people. And so that, that became hard. And, um, you know, you don't want it to be something like where you become like where all you do is if your job is going to conventions, that will be your job. But then you sort of lose track of why you started doing it in the first place is because you were an actor and you wanted to perform and, and, and whatnot. So I think I wanted, um, you know, I can't wait to be on my next big thing and to actually, I can go back to them and with a, you know, be like, Oh, now I, you know, I've got something new to talk about and you're excited to see me and not just like, Oh, there's Tom again, sitting in the corner. (laughs) So why don't you tell us about uh, what your then this new chapter of your career? Well, that's, that's the things like I, um, you know, I spent this time doing this Broadway show and I had so many disastrous stories that came from it. And, I, you know, I I initially put this together because my friend Kirsten, who bangs Ness, who's on Criminal Minds, she and I had these crazy stories. And we wanted, we didn't want to tell everyone one-on-one because it's just too, too much to tell it over and over. So we're like, we'll just do it secret for free and we'll tell our friends to show up and we'll do a little show and tell them our stories. And so then, um, and hopefully we're going to do some more performing together, but she's, um, she's on her, uh, her fancy TV show right now. So I'm doing some solo gigs, but, um, it's so much more fun for me now because now, like I just did the show in Portland last month and it was so fun to like, to do my show. And then like, I get to meet the people afterwards, but we, we have, it seems like there's like, there's a reason to like take a picture with somebody or to sign the autograph for them. And I can genuinely say, thank you so much for coming. Like, I, because this is my thing and I am so excited to do it and to have an audience that I love, like I'll, I'll stay however long after the show and meet and greet and take pictures and whatnot with people because, you know, because they came to see me do my thing that I love doing. And that to me is like a much better experience. And actually I would totally go back. Like I should go, I'd love to go do it at a convention. And it would just seem like more of an event. Like, Oh, you got your, 
your money's worth or you, you know, instead of the, the 10 seconds with me that you would normally have, like you get to hear crazy stuff from my actual life that, you know, you wouldn't get to hear otherwise. That's cool. Well, well, it sounds to me like I totally am picking up what you're putting down, Tom, like the difference of seeing, you know, meeting some actor and getting a piece of paper signed of a guy who played a character that you like sitting watching television versus, you know, an actor who you've seen, you know, portray different roles, gone to and seen a live performance of, as you said, something that you've worked on yourself. You know, I think that, you know, your personal investment is so much more on your own show. So you know, it just it, it sounds like a much more rewarding experience for, for you. It, it should be for the audience as well, I would think. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I think it's more fun and rewarding for, for both, for both parties because you're, you're getting to laugh at my expense for two hours and hear such embarrassing, mortifying stories that like, I, you know, I don't want to like, I'm waiting to like, at some point I'm going to like film the DVD of, of this show. Um, once I'm sort of done touring it around, but like, I'm trying to save the stories and try and prevent people from, you know, spoiling about it online because I love the experience of the audience really getting to feel like they're sitting down and having a drink with me and getting like insane, you know, from the horse's mouth stories that are so like shocking that you would like having seen me on TV, you would never expect I would find myself in these, you know, positions. So I don't know. I just think it's so much more fun because then afterwards I'm just like, it's so fun to meet the people and to ask them like, how did you hear about this? Like, did you come with somebody else? And, you know, I actually get to talk to people and not just because that the thing that you mentioned about, like I have this piece of paper that's proof that I met this person, but some, for me, it's hard for me to wrap my head around like, but what about the, is the piece of paper the thing or, or is it the experience of meeting the person and, and having the, the memory of that? Like to me, that seems more important. I know people want the proof that they, you know, met someone that they like, but so that's for me when I am working with someone that I, I usually keep it a secret that I'm a, a huge fan. I, I try, I try and pretend like I'm their peer and don't let them know that I, cause I want to have them the, the memory of having that experience and that time with them instead of, um, you know, you signing a cop, uh, them signing a cocktail. Yeah, like, I feel like sometimes that takes away, um, not, I'm happy to, to sign everything after the show, but I feel like then we get me and the person, the audience member, we have something in common that we just experienced together. Wow, this is getting real fruity, guys. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, I, you know, I, you're you're an actor, you're an entertainer, so I think this is. Can we you know, get it's a important. massage circle now and do some energy <laughs> healings? Is that cool with you guys? Let's no, but, do it. Well, but Tom, you were talking about that you're, you're you have some crazy stories. Now, I stumbled across this video on YouTube uh, that w- that I thought was hilarious. This gimme gimme is that from your show? I wanted to ask you about that. Is that the type of thing you're talking about, okay, or where did that come it, from? I've been doing that song for a couple of years now. Uh, it started as something that I put together for a, a cabaret, um, this thing called Upright Cabaret that was happening here in LA. A lot, a lot of Broadway performers and whatnot. Um, but while I was in New York doing uh, Rock of Ages, uh, I would go be- because the the repetition of doing a show every night, you have to have something to keep yourself, um, you know, going and creative. And so, I, and I think I was one of only a couple people in my show that were doing. It. I was going out 
and performing at you know the little late night cabarets or bars and whatnot. And sometimes I bring my backup singers with me or backup dancers and just the silly give me more. It's a you know Britney Spears song that I sort of mix in with other songs that yeah. have the word gimme in it. I just did it at this uh, uh, benefit this past weekend here in LA called um, for this charity break the cycle, which is to uh, help end dating violence. Um, and so I don't know, it's just like a really, I love doing silly stuff like that. And my friends came and sang back it for me and we literally were choreographing it right before we went out. So I, I love doing, I love, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And if you come to my show on September 25th, a lot of the show is improvised and made up for you right there on the spot. So that, to me, it's, I love that kind of vibe. Well, that, that video, uh, you know, if any listeners want to like type in, as Downs mentioned, uh, you know, Tom Link, gimme, gimme, like you sing the hell out of that, by the way. Like, the, well, yes, yes. Well, Thank and, you. But so Tom, like, uh, oh, so, yeah, to answer your question, uh, I, don't, I don't, I'm not doing that one. Um, I'm not doing that in this show, uh, only because that song take, it's more fun with backup singers and I'm, you know, I'm traveling, so I, I can't, I can't bring the gals with me. Um, but uh, I should say that my show on September 25th at the Theater Pass Marai, uh, the show is, you know, it's about, I know Rock of Ages is in Toronto now, and it's sort of about my time on and off the Broadway stage while I was doing Rock of Ages and sort of the, like, series of hilarious, mortifying events that happened that I wasn't, I wasn't talking about, uh, and I, w- I had my little Broadway blog, but I wasn't really sharing this stuff with people because some of it was so embarrassing. And I, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to save all of this for, you know, after the, the initial horrificness of it, when I was able to look back at it and be like, oh my God, that's funny. I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about this now. I'm going to save it when I can use it for something bigger. So that's what you're, that's what you're getting this in two weeks. So how, so you've been like, have you been taking the show all across uh, the U.S.? Is that, it sounds like? Yeah, I'm sort of in the process of doing um, this little tour, international now, international tour. Um, it started here in L.A. And then uh, I went up on July 3rd and tested it um, in Seattle. I like made my audience fill out surveys afterwards. I did like some test market research to see how I wanted to you know, adjust the show. Um, and came back and did it in LA and went to Portland. I've got some up in the air dates in San Francisco, um, New York, and I don't know, just, and then possibly a little UK tour, but I'm, I'm using the approach that, um, do you guys know who Paul F. Tompkins is? He's yes. Like, yeah. He's fucking Tampini. funny. Um, he did a thing where he started, you know, uh, um, I do a show with him here in LA at Largo called the Thrilling Adventure Hour, where it's like a fake old timey radio show. And um, I'd sort of, I'd sort of doing this sort of Twitter outreach and getting gauging my audience based on you know how many responses and who would you know send an email saying they'd want to go. And as I started booking these these gigs, I noticed Paul had his thing called the what's it called the Facebook three hundred or the something three hundred where if he got 300 people to become part of a, a Facebook group for a specific city that wanted him to come to a show there, he'd book a theater and go to his show there. So he really sort of paved the way um, for a new 
sort of way to do shows. I mean, he's like a traditional stand-up comic and he, he's done, you know, played venues all over the country. And, you know, I think what, and from talking to him, it sounds like, you know, a lot of times when you go play the, the ha-ha room or whatever, there's people there that aren't necessarily there to see you. And it sometimes it can create, you know, hecklers and people talking while you're performing because they're not interested in seeing you. I think this is this is sort of the independent grassroots version. I feel like I'm in my own one-man indie rock band sometimes in sort of this approach of I'm going to reach out to the people and see where they – you know, where I should go. And it's sort of, so it's like using social media as a way to kind of go, you know, okay, 300 people have raised their hands and said, yeah, Hey, come to Toronto. It's time to go to Toronto. Yeah. Well, Well, and and, the funny thing was I didn't, I didn't really wait for the 300 people. I just saw like a bunch of people on Twitter said, come to Toronto. I was like, okay, I'll go. So I'm taking a little bit of a risk (laughs) because, um, you know, it, we'll see how many people, show up um but the it's sort of the same a similar size theater as the one i did in portland so i think it'll be pretty full i'm hoping what were you going to say downs well i was going to say i I think the the beauty of this too is tom is that this approach you know while there might be people who are sitting in some comedy club who just happen to go there who aren't necessarily fans there's probably fans who were left out in the cold because they didn't know because it was a surprise show or something whereas yeah. you know uh, for for an entertainer like you social media is perfect for you to get in touch with your fans i think that that type of thing is totally right is the perfect way to do it i mean i think it's perfect well i feel like a bit of a twitter whore and facebook whore right now i'm just like come see my show people like every day but um I don't know. In some in some ways, I guess it's might as well use it. Oh, and uh, that's what it's there for. You know, little off tangent. Did you by any chance see the new Twitter today? Did anyone see that? Hey, I'm at the computer. Let's wait. What? What's is that a new like? Twitter's kind of like basically giving itself a facelift. So it's like twi- Twitter 2.0. Yeah, it's you, not rolled. It's not rolled out to everybody yet, though. Unfortunately, Tom. So it, it's like if you just go to Twitter, you won't see it. Well, I've got, it, old, I've got old school Twitter. Oh, because at the top, I got a banner today where it said, would you like to see the new Twitter? And I activated oh, it. Did. So mine's wow. changed. Yeah, mine's changed. It's fucking a mess. You won't what like it initially. Huh. What, it's is too it? busy. And there. it's like there. there's the, the chatting area is smaller and it's all compartmentalized. And it's, yeah, it's weird. The first time, I mean, I, I wish you could get on it because it's like Twitter. And I know Downs tweets as well. And like everybody's on Twitter, but just like this, I'm assuming there's going to be backlash to it just because it is quite different. Like, I mean, it's a, it, the experience is pretty different. Do you remember when they like did the Facebook change switch over a couple few, when was that a few months ago? I was like, I hate it. Well, yeah, I- and that's what this is like. I'm sure people after a few weeks will get used to it, but it'll be jarring because like, think about a Twitter, t- especially to a person like you, you're using it probably every day for, for fun, but also for technically, like for work. Yeah. So, well, maybe I'll have to source it out and get some sort of college intern to do my Twitter. If I, there, you go. there you go. You have to pay someone to tweet for you. I'm going to have to get a tweeter. <laughs> but that's when you know you've arrived, really, when you have a tweeting assistant. A tweeting assistant. You know your big win. Doesn't a tweeter sound like something like a fluffer? Yeah. <laughs> but the other end, I think. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. We 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 said it. We nailed it. Got there it. you go. All right. So Tom, like, why don't you do one last plug for your show? That's September twenty fifth. What's the theater it's at in here in the lovely city of Toronto? Yeah, it's called Theater Pass Marai. It's a uh, it's French. I don't know if you know this. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure you're pronouncing it right. That's actually. Is that? Um, I would read it as Theater Passe Murele, um, but <laughs> I think it's, they pronounce it Theater Pass Murai. Oh. And um, it's at 8 o'clock. Uh, tickets are available um, on brownpapertickets.com, uh, or you can just go to my web or blogs, whatever that I forget to update, but it has, <laughs> you can click on tickets there, which is just tomlenk.com l-e-n-k and um it's like a two-hour show with the intermission there'll be a bar there you can have get a little boozy before and during the show and um if you are a fan of buffy i'm going to include some some buffy stuff in there as a special extra treat and then a lot of the stuff is um about sort of Broadway shenanigans. So if you love shows and musical theater, this is a, a good one for you. If you love sci-fi, you're going to enjoy it. If you like embarrassing hookup stories, you're going to lose your mind because um, <laughs> I've got some in store for you. And they're pretty embarrassing, but, you know, come laugh at my expense. Well, that sounds, fuck- that sounds awesome. It sounds like a must-see, Wait. i, I got to tell you. Yeah, it's uh, – yes. I, I think it will be especially appropriate now that Rock of Ages is, is in Toronto. I feel like some of the audience may have seen it and will be leaving extra little sort of inside, you know, inside the actor's studio look at what it's like to be in a giant musical. Cool. Care about that sort of thing. If you collected drama mask jewelry pins when you were in high school, you will love my show. This show is for you, then. <laughs> if you wore a trench coat and memorized monologues, this show is for you. If you possibly made your own Phantom of the Opera fan artwork like I did, this show is for you. People made fan art of for, for Phantom of the Opera? I just stumbled upon when I went to my parents' house. I found stuff that I did in my art class where we made like relief prints um, of like you could do whatever you wanted. And I just saw Phantom of the Opera and I was obsessed with it. So I made a series of like artwork based on the Phantom of the Opera mask. That Um, is. It's so awful. It's awful. I also found a drawing of um, Carney Wilson that I did. In high school. Yeah, that's right. I didn't have that CD, but I did have the inside jewel case of the Wilson Phillips CD. And she had a very lovely photo in there. I I didn't realize that they were sort of hiding her behind trench coats and and rock formations and behind the other girls because I didn't have the MTV. So I just thought she was this, you know, this beautiful lady that I'm going to concentrate I didn't know why they just her face was only the only thing showing in that jewel box. Just a close up of the face. I mean, that is some crazy stuff. That, um, that, that is some crazy stuff. I don't even know how to follow that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Goes. I don't know why I mentioned that, but no, that is, that'll that, give you uh, a glimpse into what kind of nerd I was in high school. In fact, I'm, uh, I have yet to officially name this show, but I've sort of been toying around with the idea of calling it Nerdgasm. 
since that seems to be a thing that um, people say a lot now. But I think it, it, it's appropriate for what happens. <laughs> talking, about, talking about nerdgasm, I think the airborne and vodka is kicking in. We're getting some great stories from Tom now. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> but I'm half of it. Please, I, I'll have two of these before I do the show that night, so this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing. All right, guys, so... Um, we just want to thank uh, Tom for joining us today. Tom, this was a lot of fun. And fans, remember, if you want to catch Tom on September 25th here in the fine city of Toronto, go to TomLink.com for all details. So, uh, Tom, thanks again for getting on the call here with us and, and chatting with us. This has been great. No worries. Thank you for having me. And um, I, I support you, Atomic Geeks. Thank you. And uh, so... For Mike Downs, this is Michael DiGiovanni, the Atomic Geeks, out. You've just listened to another episode of the Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom, title track by Don't Look Down.